Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Bud called me a couple weeks ago and said, man, I, you know, I, feel like, um, I feel like it's time to share your testimony. And my immediate response was yes. And uh, it's been, uh, I'm going to ask that you just give me like a week leeway next time. Because ever since two weeks, man, it's been, there's been spiritual warfare happening. Right? I mean, I come down, I get sick. My wife gets sick. Willow gets sick. Car breaks down. And, uh, you know, sometimes we see that, that, that the, uh, we want the finished product. But we don't want to go through the process to get here. And, uh, you know, what I mean by that is spiritual warfare is always happening all around us all the time. And really, that's an affirmation today to me that we're doing the right thing. I hope we make the devil mad today. <clears throat> so I just wanted to share uh, my testimony with you, and we'll kind of go through just some pieces of my life, and then I want to tell you how God has relieved me of those things. Um, <clears throat> at... Uh, I mean, as early as I can remember, I was just, I mean, I was encompassed in fear. Just fear was always around. And the reason that fear was always around was my biological father, he was a very angry, jealous, selfish person. You know, I can remember uh, as early, I mean, I vividly remember this to this day, that I was in my car seat one time and we were, uh, we were headed down to Atlanta to see my half-sister, and he had got upset at my mom over the directions because he too much to you know too much to go ask somebody for directions. And anyways, he ends, up, uh, he ends up striking her, and she had on glasses, and it, it cuts her eye, and she's bleeding. And I just remember in my mind's eye, because I'm telling you from you know, a childlike point of view, that um, <clears throat> I had this like Disney pillow with you know Mickey Mouse and Goofy and all this stuff on it, and I just I handed that to her to to wipe this blood up. And um, you know what does that do? What does that do to a child to experience that kind of trauma early on? To experience uh, to be in fear of your father? It sounds a lot like some of the old religion honestly you know if you don't do this it's <clears throat> hellfire and brimstone you're going to hell well that's I'm, I'm thankful to be in a, pre, in a in a church today that I can share with you this is not about religion it's about relationship with Jesus Christ amen so um moving forward you know I remember uh I think I was around four years old at this time that uh my mom and I, we finally had, uh, we had, we had enough courage and, and we, we left out. And we had to stay with a lot of different people for a long period of time before we could get on our feet. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on at this time. I just, I just know there's a lot of chaos in my life. You know, there's a lot of things going on that I don't completely understand. But uh, I do remember that uh, we finally got moved into this smaller home. <clears throat> and uh, in this home... I'm telling you guys, fear is still around. It's all the time, man. I mean, as much as you feel the Holy Spirit just dripping off the walls in here this morning, 
That's how I felt fear. That's how I felt fear. And so <clears throat> we're in this house, and again, it's just me and my mother at this time. Um, and, and the front door, it has every lock you could imagine. I mean, there's a, there's a chain, if y'all remember them, you know, the little chain that you put in there. There's a deadbolt. Um, there's another lock down here. And then for, for some of my 80s people and 90s people, if y'all really remember, they used to make this thing. It was like the bottom of a crutch, and it had these little prongs on it that you would put underneath the doorknob. Anybody remember those? <clears throat> well, I mean, we had to put those on the, on the door as well. And on the back door... Um, we had uh, we had bought an L bracket like you'd buy you know tractor supply or something like that, so that we could put a two by four. And you know when I ask as a child like well, you know like why we got to double check this every night why we got to why we got to do this why is this such a process? And it was to keep the bad people away. Well, you know, again at four years old you learn that the bad person is your father you got a kind of misconception or mis, you know, perception of life of, of what a father is, you know? What is a good father? I think we know that today for some of us that are in here. Hopefully everybody that's in here, I hope that you know that today. <clears throat> so anyways, we're at this home. And uh, I'm doing what a kid does. I think I was watching cartoons or something. I'm sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, this back door's locked, and just, I mean, boom. His hand comes through the back back of this door, and he opens the, the two-by-four, and he lets himself in. This is my father. He comes, and he snatches my mom up, snatches me up, and uh, he's dragging her by the hair and puts her in the truck, and we go back to the old house where we had just escaped. We had just escaped all the torment, you know, um, all the anger, all the uh, vulgar language. <clears throat> you see, my father would, would do these things, and then he would turn around and he would get in the Word of God and tell us what we're doing wrong. <clears throat> So we go back to this house, and, I mean, he's beating my mom pretty bad at this point. And I remember just trying to chase him down, and I, I tried to kick him, and, and I fall on this little rock. And, uh, and he turns around, and he looks at me right in the eye, and he said, if you'll go inside, I won't hurt her anymore. So, I mean, just like a young kid would, you know, I mean, we believe, we're trained. You know what I mean? We're trained early on. We believe what people tell us. We're only, uh, um, we, we are only just, um, I mean, if you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So, see, we, we treat people how we want to be treated. <clears throat> and sometimes we need, to, we need to be careful with the company that we're keeping. But he turns around, he looks at me, and he says this, go inside. So I run inside, and I run inside, and, I, I mean, I finally... Um, <clears throat> you know, I finally get enough courage to look out the front window to see if see if this is true, if he stopped that or not. And and at this point, he's still just beating her over and over and over again. <clears throat> what does this do to 
the programming that happens to us? What does this do to my belief system? You know, a lot of us can speculate what it would do, but I can only tell you what it did to me. It messed me up. It messed me up inside. So much so that, you know, continuing on, um, I have to go through this group therapy process as a child, and you can't really talk to a child about, you know, what, what's happening, what, what's happening up here. You have to find different ways to acclimate to the child, to understand what they're going through. And I remember going through um, several series of, like, group therapy and stuff where I'm having to draw pictures and color pictures and all this other stuff. And there's a story. I want to say this right now. There's a story in what your kids are drawing. There's a story... And, and what your kids are listening to on TV. <clears throat> and we need to be aware of those things. Just like I mentioned just a moment ago about spiritual warfare, it's real. And it happens early. Because the devil would love to get a hold of your children. He'd love to take them out some of these paths that, I, that I've went on. <clears throat> so I'm doing this group therapy, and I'm... Uh, I mean, man, I'm coloring pictures. I mean, I think I was coloring pictures of, like, uh, slides with flames and all this other stuff, you know. And, I mean, today people might be like, that's pretty cool. You probably ought to get that tattooed. Well, I probably already got it, so (laughs) you're good there. Um, But, you know, there's some real psychology behind the trauma I was experiencing and what I was trying to convey and what I was coloring and what I was drawing. And I was afraid all the time. All the time I could, I could sense fear around me. Um, fast forward, you know, what does this look like? You know, like through grade school, it's just, you know, it's a series of really great grades, really bad grades. Then, you know, move on to high school. Now I've, uh, you know, I've been inter- introduced to sports and girls and and you know, go through these teenage years well at at 15 I probably I think at 15 I started uh you know I'd smoked my first cigarette <clears throat> I started drinking a little bit around 15 and 16 and uh probably tried drugs um I would say around probably around 16 as well <clears throat> you see this entire time man I'm searching for something I'm searching for something that's, that's yearning inside of me. And I don't even know that I'm on a searching path. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know that I'm actually looking for something. But today I tell you what I was looking for was peace. What I was looking for was joy. And most of all, what I was looking for was contentment in my life. See, everything early on was just shaken up. My idea of a father is somebody you've got to run from. My idea of a father at this point is somebody you have to hide from. You don't tell things to. The exact opposite of what we know as a spiritual father. You see, <clears throat> some of us come in here today, and I do this too, it's not to, to convict anybody. It's, but some of us come in here and we're just not in the mood. We, we barely even made it here this morning. And it's okay. That's okay. That's part of being a human. But 
it's also part of spiritual warfare because if you come in here just to sit in a seat for just a moment and trying to think about where you're going to eat next, you may miss the message. You may miss the journey that you should be on. So I ask that um, I ask that you just kind of continue to question yourself what you're here for. What, what's God's purpose in your life? What does he want to do with you? That's a question we should all be asking ourselves. <clears throat> I'm not here for material things. They will go away. The job that I got, this career that I think I've got, the day I leave, they're going to replace me. <clears throat> but the people that I serve, the people that I pour into, those are the people that, that eventually pour into me. <clears throat> so I move on, and <clears throat> I graduate high school, and uh, decided I was going to be a uh, decided I was going to be a golf pro. And we uh, we end up I, I go to this school down in Orlando, Florida. It's a it's a two year program to uh, to learn about golf, to learn about the golf business, to teach golf, and. And again, man, I'm going to tell y'all, as soon as I graduated high school, I was off the rails. I'm talking like they give me that diploma, and my parents don't even know. They may know it. I don't know. They know it now. The, uh, <clears throat> but, I mean, I was, um, I mean, I was drinking every night, every night before I left to go to Orlando. And I was slipping in the back door. Some nights I wouldn't even make it home. <clears throat> I lied about where I was at. I, um, I, it, it was chaos. My life is chaos, right? I go down to this school, and by, only by the grace of God, somehow or another, I graduated. Uh, that's, that's real, because still yet, down there, I'm searching for something. And you see, when I, when I go into something... This is the way my mind works, and maybe some of you else, maybe somebody else can, can identify with this. But when I go into something, I go into it full bore. Like, like for me, I don't understand how you can just go play golf and, and just be okay with playing golf. Like, I want to be the best there ever was. I want to do this to the fullest of my ability. I, I, I'm a perfe- I have this perfectionist mentality. But see, that's part of my spiritual malady is... There's only one perfect God. There's only one perfect life that ever happened in this existence. And that man's name is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but again, here I am, down in Florida, away from everybody I ever knew, and I got the same problems. I thought, I think, I think subconsciously, I thought if I moved to Florida, like, you know, like the problems would go away. But uh, at this point in my life, I'm carrying me with me everywhere I go. <laughs> so I graduate from there and kind of up in there if I'm going to stay down there in Florida and teach golf or not. And lo and behold, I move back here. I move back here and this spiritual malady I have, it, manis- it manifests itself in so many different ways into a lot of broken relationships 
a lot of broken relationships where I'm projecting my hurt, where I'm deflecting what I don't like about me onto you or onto somebody else. And see, the same is true about a lot of friends that I had throughout this process. I, uh, you know, I continue to, I'll, I'll have a group of friends and I'll hang out with them for a short period of time and I'll get what I want from them and then I run over and I'm, I'm, I'm done with them now because, I, because again, you've got to understand I'm running from myself in this entire process. <clears throat> I, uh, I come back here, uh, quit the golf business, get in an industrial construction, big change, let me tell you. You go from teaching golf to building stuff. <clears throat> Completely different change. But I, again, I can't just do, I can't just do this and just, just be a part of it, right? I've got to show out and show off and, and, and try to, so I mean, I become a journeyman uh, in instrumentation and electoral, like in two and a half, three years or whatever. I mean, it was a goal of mine and I, I, I did that. And so I wanted to do it faster than anybody else. And I did that um, or, or faster than some of the ones that I, that I knew. And, and I do that, but in the meantime, we start working a bunch of hours. I mean, lots of hours. <clears throat> One year, I, you know, I had 500, 600 hours of overtime. Another year, like, I mean, it's crazy. I was working uh, seven twelves. I think I worked seven twelves one time for six months straight. So, you know, 84 hours a week. And again, I'm a guy that, you know, I can do it. Yeah, put me in, coach. So we, uh, we're trying to move uh a, uh, a disconnect or whatever and you know I mean the forklift is is way over here and I mean I wouldn't go get the forklift I mean so I just get with another group of guys and we pick it up or whatever and I end up hurting my back <clears throat> now this whole time I'm still drinking and drugging but I'm trying to find a way that I can do it and tell you about it so that you'll still like me because even the drinking and drugging I don't like me right but I mean it's crazy how our mind manipulates so I, I still want you to I still want you to like me um so I hurt my back I go to a, a doctor's office and I tell him everything he needs to hear <clears throat> get set up on uh some pain pills and we're off to the races. Now, this is a new, I mean, this is a, a new level of addiction right here because you give me the script. Feel me? Now, now, by golly, the doctor give it to me. So what I don't realize at this point, and I do, and I do from today, and maybe this is for somebody, I put all my faith in what that doctor said that day. Oh, yeah, man, you're good. You need these right here. Just take these. <clears throat> because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at this time. I was saved when I was seven, but, I mean, I'm not following him. I'm, I'll tell you I'm a Christian, but I'm not acting like a Christian. I'm just running amok. I'm running around here chasing my tail. <clears throat> So I get these pills. It's off to the races. I go back to work. Man, I got some energy now. You give me 84 hours a week, and it's on. It's on. I can work like nobody's business. 
And in the meantime, I'm sabotaging myself, anyone around me. And I'm telling y'all, it gets to a point to where I remember I remember leaving for work and I had five of these pills to take a day. I remember leaving for work and I would I would get ready and I would say to myself, I would say, you know, okay, we'll wait till nine o'clock break and we'll take this first one. Okay. Get the nine o'clock break, I took it, you know, everything's fine. <clears throat> um a couple weeks later, it was like, okay, maybe I should take it. I'm going to take that first one uh, when I get to work. Yeah, that's how. We'll do it that way. So I start taking it before I get to work. <clears throat> maybe in the parking lot. Maybe on the way to work. And then just a few f- short months after that, it's I'm going to take this right when I get out of the shower. Okay, that'll be fine. We'll just take it when you get out of the shower. You know, that's how we start it. We'll start that routine. And this entire time, man, I'm robbing from Peter to pay Paul to, to just feed this discontentment in me. Because for just a moment, sometimes when I take this pill or when I drink this drink or when I smoke something, something's alleviated. And I think that it's peace, but it's really numbness in my spirit. <clears throat> And guess what comes after the numbness? Guilt, shame, regret. So I'm being convicted in my heart, but I'm still just trapped in my mind. And I'm trapped in my mind because I just can't get out of this cycle, man. I don't want to be this guy. But, you know, the doctor said it's okay. I'm just going to keep taking these for a little while until I get better. Lo and behold, I end up just, I mean, I end up just quitting my job. I quit my job. <laughs> and I'll tell you where that led. It led to more demise in my life. It led to more turmoil. Because now I'm sitting at home with myself in this bottle of pills and alcohol and any other drug I can get a hold of. And I'm just facing me all day long. And if I can't keep myself numb, then I'm angry. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm all of the things that the devil says I am. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many times when you've been alone before, you hear these thoughts, and these thoughts keep coming through, and then all of a sudden you attach yourself to a thought. We need to be asking ourselves, is this thought from God? Is this, is, is this a thought from God right now? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> quit my job. I'm off the rails. I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm doing everything I can do. I sold guns I didn't think I'd ever sell. I, sold, I mean, I sold anything I could sell to feed this addiction and this spiritual malady in me. I... Uh, I get to a place in my life, and this is actually before I I went into construction. I left something out. So I get to this place in my life when I'm 24. Again, this this thing is manifesting itself, and it all stems from this trauma early on that that I got to witness as a child. And it, it manifests itself in such a way that I'm 24, 
another broken relationship, uh, drinking and drugging. I was on some other pills, and and I'm laying there in bed, <clears throat> and I and I load this gun up, and I'm like, man, this is it. I'm done. I am done. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to live anymore. I put the gun up to my head, and as I pull it away, <laughs> the gun goes off, and it goes into the corner of the in the corner of the room. The craziest thing about that situation, again, speaking to spiritual warfare, man, that that would make the devil so happy to do that. That would make him so happy if you would just take your own life. And it makes him mad when you get up here and you preach Christ. It makes him mad whenever he turns our graves into gardens. You see, I just kept carrying this weight and it just, it, it just kept on manifesting itself in different ways. And, but I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be the person I was. But I couldn't figure out how to change. <clears throat> Moving forward, I, <clears throat> I end up getting... Um, I end up finally getting this new job. I just started there. And I mean, it's all I can do. I'm telling y'all, it's all I can do to to take a shower and put my tennis shoes and my shirt on to show up. Because <clears throat> at this time, I'm, my my addiction has manifested itself in such a way that the the five that I was supposed to take for this day had already been taken the day before. And so now again, I'm robbing from Peter to pay Paul. So I'm running out of these. I'm running out of these pills. And really what, what you need to understand about addiction is the pills were my God during this time. <clears throat> so I'm running out of my God. I'm running out of my God, and, and, and when that's happened, I'm telling you, I, I, I mean, I, I would sweat through a 10 or 12-inch mattress. I keep, uh, so I finally keep my shirt and my shoes and everything on, I go to this job. It's my third day on the job, and... <clears throat> I mean, I'm broken. I'm busted. I finally get to a place, and there's some commonality there because I used to work there years ago when I sort of had it together. So there's a little bit of commonality there. And I see a guy who used to work on my team, and, and now he's a trainer. He's moved up. And I, and I think I feel comfortable enough, but I'm broken at this time, and I just... I'm torn apart, and I and I remember pulling him aside, and I just said, "Mike, I was like, man, I got to do something." I said, I, "I don't I don't know what I got to do, but I said I I want to keep this job, but if you can just help me uh, keep this job, I'll, I'll come back, or you know, and if I even if I can't keep this job, I just got to get help." See, that was the first time that I really ever said I needed to get help. So they give me a, they give me a six week um, leave of absence. And at this point, I still don't know what to do. I just know I need, I, I just know that I ain't the person that I'm supposed to be. 
<clears throat> I gathered my parents up. I got a wonderful stepdad, and he's been in my life forever. And, uh, and he's shown me what it is to be a father. But I get them in the, the living room, and, you know, I tell them, I say, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm addicted. You know, I'm addicted to these drugs, and I'm, I've been a problem a lot, and I'm sorry, but, but this is who I am, and I need to go get help. In the meantime, <clears throat> I'm, still, I'm, I'm still doing drugs. And I'm still, um, but, but I'm on my way. I'm trying to get out, you know. And lo and behold, I, uh, I reach out to a guy that used to train me, uh, you know, when I was about 18 years old. And, and this was my dude, man. Like he, <clears throat> he uh, we've been down the same road. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, I looked up to him uh, when I was younger because, I mean, uh, this guy had a little bit of a part in teaching me about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So I reach out to this guy, and uh, we meet at Waffle House. And I can't tell it at this time because I'm still like in this drug-induced coma. But something in my spirit, it sees something different, you know. It sees something different in him, and. To be honest with you, the first couple of meetings that I have with him it are, are really, again, it's about, man, you know, these pills, they still make me feel good, and I got to have them. Doctor said I got to have them. So how can I do these better? <clears throat> I didn't know what I didn't know. Lo and behold, you know, he, he, said, um, he said, Todd, I think you have what I have. And he said, but, but you don't have what I got right now. He couldn't say Jesus to me at that point or I would have ran out that door. But he was saying Jesus. You see, <clears throat> it's been said that the Son of Man, his name is Yahweh. And some of us, as we sit here and breathe, we're breathing out Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. So he didn't have to say Jesus to me. A seed was planted in this meeting. A seed was being watered in this meeting. And just in a couple of days, I remember I was driving out. Uh, it's crazy, it's near where I live now, so I remember it every day, but that's how cool God is. Um, I was driving out this road, and I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best just to stop. Like, God, just take this away. Like, I, I just want this to go away. And again, I don't know if I said it in this service already, but we want the finished product. We don't want the process. It's easy to praise God when we're on top of the mountain. But what about when you're in the valley? Can you still tell him that he's good? Can you still pr praise his name when you're suffering, when you feel like you're just crawling? I hope you can. So I'm driving down this road, and I call him up. And I'm like, man, I just want to stop this. And uh, he said, we're going to get you some help. A few days later, I make a, make a couple of calls, and I go out to this place in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. 
28 days I had to spend in a treatment facility there. I found God in such a new way, man. You see, again, I had been programmed by some by some religion that says you're going to hell. You, can, you're, you can't be cured. There's no way you can turn your life around. All this stuff you've been doing, you need to be guilty. That's the kind of religion I grew up with. This church ain't about that. It's about relationship. It's about our everlasting God that there's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from the Son of Man. So I find myself in there and I find God in such a new way. There's some scripture that we were reading and it's just, there's just like a light bulb that goes off to me and I think about Peter in the boat and God says, come on. And he's like, what do you mean come on? I I can't swim. You ain't got to swim. He said, come on. I'm going to teach you how to walk on water. So Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on water. And still yet, because we like to understand everything as human beings, we can't just be in faith sometimes. Still yet, he looks down for understanding and he starts to drown. But I want you to know that Jesus, he still reached his hand down in that water and he picked that man up. And he said, I still got you. I still got you. You can't walk all the time on water, but if you, want, if you look at me, you can walk on water. <clears throat> I got one scripture I want to share with you today. They can put Habakkuk 2 and 2 up there. <clears throat> so this is out of King James Version. It says, And the Lord answered me, and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Next slide. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end shall it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. When does it say it will what? Surely it don't say sometimes. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say every once in a while. Maybe. It says surely. It will surely come. It will not tarry. See, what I understand about that today, I stand here today before you. I've, it's been four and a half years. I'm clean and sober. I, by the grace of God. Somebody may say, well, Todd, you didn't have to go that route. I mean, it is what it is. See that God? I can help somebody in this situation. That God, I can help you if you've been kidnapped. But God, anybody ever told you that you're not good enough? You ever thought about suicide? I can help you with that because of God. Mm. It's about relationship. This is not a one and done. I don't know who's heard that. 
I don't know if that's just the way I conceived it sometimes, you know, invite, the whole, invite God in and everything will be, I mean, that's the way I perceived it as a kid. Everything's going to be great. Just invite him in. <clears throat> it's not if you don't invite him in. I've lived that life. I know all about that. But every single day, every single day in this world, you see, John 3.17 tells you that he sent God not to condemn the world, but to save the world. We need a Savior. We have a Savior. <clears throat> Do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you know that even in the pressing, even in the process, even in the trials, he was right there. You see, God didn't allow me to be kidnapped. God kidnapped me. He broke that generational curse. There's not many people on my side of the, on that side of my family that does very well right now. They, I mean, they're struggling with the same oppression, the same addictions. But if you're willing to surrender to Him. Man, he's going to take you on a journey. He's going to take you on a journey and take you to places you never thought you'd be. You see, I used to be afraid of standing up here just talking in front of people. I mean, I would have run out this door if Bud asked me a couple years ago. See ya, I'm gone. <laughs> but Habakkuk 2 and 2. This is my book with God. I don't share with this with anybody. There's things on this that are not to be shared. It's between me and him. It's between me and him. But I want to share a couple of things with you because I want to tell you just how good he is. Three years ago, I just started writing things down that I wanted to do that I couldn't ever do before because I was too busy getting high. <clears throat> it can be little things. Skydiving, got to check that off. <laughs> some people say oh God's not interested in that well y'all the same ones that say thank you to God if you get a good parking spot <laughs> <laughs> took some of y'all a second but you chimed in I like it <clears throat> God is interested in every facet of your life three years ago I wrote down on here preach services at harvest <laughs> get to highlight that off today not because of me because of God and this relationship I got with him I'm so blessed today man I got the most wonderful parents I got the most greatest in-laws I got family surrounding me <clears throat> I've got the best wife ever <laughs> I hope that gets me some brownie points <clears throat> few years ago we got married we started talking about having children and uh, <clears throat> I said well we need to pray about it you know and, and, and I love putting God to the test because I write it down just like a back to a Sue says I write, it, I write it down I write the vision down and we pray over it 
So I said, uh, I said, I already know you're wanting a girl, so go ahead and order a uh, girl's outfit. So she orders one on Amazon. I order a little boy's outfit. It's still, it's still time. It's still hope. <clears throat> but um, we order these outfits before she ever, before we even try to start conceiving. Because, because of God. Because of God, that's what He tells us to do. That's what He tells us to do. There's, there's a story of two farmers to where, I mean, one's praying for rain and he doesn't have his crops ready. You know, he doesn't have the seed planted, and there's another one that's going ahead and planting the planting the seeds in the drought. Which person are you? I want to plant them no matter where I'm at. <clears throat> so we get these outfits. And we're praying over them. And we continue to pray over them at night. We say, God, just just give us a little child. Just give us somebody in our life that that we can be a mom and father to. And I got a little seven-month-year-old baby now. It's all because of him. It's because of God. The band's going to come up and start playing in just a second. Some of you walked in here today with this heavy linkage attached to you. You walked in here with this chain. Each piece of this chain could represent to you fear, anger, discontentment, not good enough. I want to kill myself. Evil. Bullied. Not worthy. Stupid. Lies. Deceit. What have you walked in here carrying today? Do you know that Jesus... It's not yours to carry. This is not yours to carry. When he carried that cross so many years ago, he carried our sin, our shame, that guilt. Those chains, you picked them up. You picked these chains up. They're not yours to carry. We're going to open up the floor in just a moment. Somebody's got some praying to do. I visited a church a while back. They opened it up and went up and I, I started praying. I just started crying. I'm a crier. Just like Bud. <laughs> I, uh, but I just started crying at the altar. And I'm just praising God. God, thank you for my life. <sighs> glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for saving me. Thank you for getting me out of that situation, God. Now I went back to my seat. And it was so nice. The guy next to me was so nice. He said, man, I hope whatever you're praying for, that God delivers it. I see that part of that, just a small part of that, that's religion. Because you think you see somebody coming up here that they're in need of something. We're all in need of something. But sometimes you need to come up here and just give him thanks. Give him thanks. You have survived 100% of what you didn't know you could have survived. I didn't think I'd be up here. I didn't think I'd be done with drugs. I didn't think I was capable of having a child. But that God, though, Ooh, he will take you some places. What do you need to drop off today? What are you carrying? It's not yours. It's not yours. I'm going to pray for us, and they're going to sing a song. One of my favorite songs, by the way, Chain Breaker. Let me tell you about that God in this. I didn't tell them to play that. I didn't tell them I was bringing a chain out here. But that God, though, he's pretty cool. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father God, God, I ask that you just speak to the hearts. Speak to the hearts, God, that are in this crowd today and those that are online, God. We have felt your presence move in this room, God, just as we have time and time again moved throughout our life. God, we open ourselves up to you. Word tells us, God, that if two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. Here you are, God. You've showed up again. Be with us today. And every day after, Father, we love you so much. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.